Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars, Phoenix Handlebars, as well as Alpine Stars MX, Fox Moto, and our most recent sponsor that just picked us up, none other than Tear-Off Gaskets. If you don't know what Tear-Off Gaskets are, imagine yourself, you're racing in a mud race, it's raining, you get water between your uh, tear-offs, uh, that's a problem that's been that's basically as old as motocross, uh, well that is no longer with the uh, the double adhesive gasket that goes on your lens and then you connect your tear-offs to it, allows uh, for a, uh, a, a basically a, uh, a seal all the way around, not letting any moisture into your field of vision. You're gonna have clean vision. You're gonna be able to keep the tear-offs for a lot longer uh, and completely avoids throwing your goggles. So that's a safety feature right there with the, the, my friends over at Tear off gaskets. My good friend Dylan Kalen starting that business. He's basically just doing it from the seat of his pants, and he's uh, he's going all in. So uh, support tear off gaskets. I am your host Brad Gebhardt. Uh, with us on the line, it's a repeat offender. He's been on the podcast before, as recently as when we broke down the 450 class for Supercross uh, in 2021. He was on with Kellen Brower, and the two of them were going toe to toe, arguing back and forth, bickering like an old married couple. But then there was me, the the like the voice of reason, the real analysis in the room, breaking things down as well. It's Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Good afternoon, Brad. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for making time for the Big MX Radio podcast. Once again, I be- this has got to be at least your 10th time on the show. Um, 10th or 12th, yeah. It's, we've been doing this a few years. Yeah, like uh, we, we don't rely on your, uh, your expert opinion too often because you're a busy guy. Um, and, and sometimes scheduling, uh, especially with me, can be an issue, especially considering yesterday I completely flaked on you. Um, but, uh, and that, that, the, that blame is mostly in my, my court, but it's always a pleasure to have you on because, uh, of all the guys that I have on regularly to, to, to break things down, I think you probably put the most amount of thought into, uh, a lot of these, uh, um, kind of like the way you break things down, weighing both sides of the argument. You got, I got my, my, my good friend, Dave Drakes that comes on the podcast. He's Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows. He literally th- thinks that everybody can win. I would ask him uh, about uh, Cody Shock on this podcast. He'd be he'd, he'd claim him as a race winner. I know that's not going to be you, so I'm excited about that. But uh, um, you're uh, you're you're a, uh, an in- inventory specialista uh, with uh, companies like uh, All Balls and uh, and Vertex Pistons. Um, for those who don't know you that well, g- give you a little bit of background story, uh, plant the seed of, uh, of where your knowledge resides, my friend. Well, I guess most of my knowledge just comes from being an enthusiast. Um, I try to read and listen to anything and everything I can that revolves around the sport and the industry. Um, as far as my, my job duty or my, my, you know, what I do for a living as I work for, um, a company called Arrowhead Engineered Products are we're known as the All Balls Racing Group in our division of things. Um, so yeah, I do inventory control and uh, a few other odds and ends here at work. So it's uh, it's uh, fun from day to day. So basically, uh, for those who are listening, if you don't know, if you're you're kind of catching my drift here, if I happen to get my hands on a modern YZ two fifty two stroke aluminum frame, uh, decent suspension. If 
a wrench rabbit kit, a complete all balls uh, set, and uh, as well as a, a vertex piston kit, uh, top end kit, fall off the back of a truck and end up at six 124K Crescent Winnipeg, Manitoba R2Y 1L2. Uh, that you're 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 the main reason why that happens. I don't know anything about that. Exactly, exactly. Well, you do know about the 250 West class that's starting this weekend in Orlando. We're going to Orlando twice this year, and we're going to have different classes at each one of them. Uh, the four of these races are going to be outdoor esque, with one of them being Daytona. Uh, the 250 West has never gone to Daytona. It's never happened before. You got guys. I'm looking at the list here. A ton of guys that have never raced that event, uh, never even stepped foot there, except for, I guess, last year's winner, Garrett Marchbanks. And we're going to get to him in a little bit here. Um, but this is going to be maybe the most wacky and wild 250 West we've ever seen, uh, Matt. Like all of the talent. All of the uh, like, there, there's 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 a ton of uh, I think there's a ton of talent in this class, but not a ton of experience. If you know what I mean, like I'm looking down the line, uh, like Marshbanks has been hurt a ton. Lawrence has been able uh, he's been here for a few years, but he hasn't raced a lot of Supercross. We've never seen Mumford in Supercross. Uh, Harrison's got podiums, but it's been a while. Um, you know, and like, like it, all the way down the, the, the list, you've got uh, like some really fast guys, but not a ton of uh, experience, which usually means for some inconsistent results, which also means we're probably in for some entertainment. What do you think? Yeah, there's. I'm looking down through the entry list. There are a lot of guys that have familiar names to me, but not a lot of them that I can recall being race winners. So, I believe there's it is, two race winners in the class. There's Cooper, uh, Justin Cooper, and just and uh, and Jeremy Martin, both happen to be in Star Racing Yamaha. Yes, um, it is going to be an interesting uh, first round. Kind of feels like uh, you know your your Anaheim or your I guess uh, Houston won all over again. You got a bunch of unknown expectations, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, again, just kind of looking down through the entry list here there's two names that stand out to me um, for potential race winners this weekend and then a whole bunch of unknowns. Yeah, like just a bunch of question marks next to some guys, but that's our job to sort of break things down and sort of create a little bit of a power ranking as to see who might be somebody who uh, is is going to establish themselves as maybe the best of the rest or maybe surprise a little bit. Like, I don't know if we have a huge book on, on Jalik Swole, I think he's raced a few Supercrosses last year, not a lot uh, before he had some in injuries last year. Uh, but l let's start off from the top of the top of the list here. Let's let's go through the numbers and then uh, see if we mixed, missed anybody uh, as we go through. With Jeremy Martin, I think if uh, I put out a Twitter poll, who you think's gonna win, and uh, the majority thought that Jeremy Martin is the guy. It's his championship to win. He wants to go to the two, the 450 class next year. He's kind of eyeing that spot that uh, uh, Aaron Plessinger's on right now. And if you ask Aaron Plessinger, I think he's kind of happy where he's at. So that might be a, uh, they might have to fight for it. And if, if that comes down to a fist fight, I, I like Aaron's chances because he's got the reach. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about Jeremy Martin. 
his, I believe this is his second full season back on Supercross uh, since his injury. He's back on a team that he's familiar with. It's one of the, the we see it on the East Coast all the time. Their, their bikes are always at the front. They're amazing starters. Uh, and um, I think they've got that bike really, really dialed in. Um, the, the number six on his bike tells me that he's, uh, he's, he's earned uh, a permanent number in this, in this uh, sport. He's extremely fast. He's got the race wins, but Supercross has never been his forte. Um, do you think he's got enough to get it done? I think with this field of riders and that bike, this will be his year to get it done. Um, he's okay. my pick for the championship. Um, I mean, basically, since he got signed on that team, he was my pick. You know, I didn't know what coast he was racing, but um, I've said from the get-go, Jeremy Martin would be your 2021 champion. Fair enough. Hey, like uh, you stick to your word, and I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, I think you're right. I think Jeremy Martin, um, this is his championship to win. Uh, his closest competitor is going to be a uh, his teammate in Justin Cooper, who's been on the bike for about two weeks now. Um, so he won't even really be up to speed uh, when uh, when the, the gate falls and this Saturday in uh, in Orlando. Of course, right after that, they get a two-week break. So they're like, he literally has as much time between these two rounds as he's going to have uh, prior to uh, this um, uh, this opener. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know what? I, I really think that uh, if 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 Martin can stay consistent, get good starts, ride up at the front. Uh, I think he he's got a chip on his shoulder and he wants to win. Um, so I, I would I would have to say that it, and and with the fact that a lot of these racetracks are going to be like sort of outdoor esque, like I said, I think that's another feather in his cap to be able to move him forward. But in turn, that's also a um, a plus for a guy like uh, Alex Martin, who uh, has shown speed in Supercross, but he's definitely both the Martin brothers are uh, are definitely more of a, an outdoor specialist. Yeah, I agree with that. And because Cooper is injured and you know coming in kind of maybe a little underprepared, I was not putting him high on my list for the first several races. So I actually kind of thought it would be uh, Jeremy and Alex and um, Hunter is kind of your your week in week out potential race winner. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I think Hunter definitely. If he's got a full bill of health, I think it, it was a knee that held him out. Um, and we've seen good tracker records with, uh, with ACLs. Uh, he had the shoulder problem as well, um, last summer. So he's, he's just been injury riddled since we, uh, since him and his brother came over. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are kind of, um, not really passing on, uh, Hunter right now, but, uh, because he's been out of the spotlight so much, they just don't know what to make of, of, of his skill set right now. I think he's going to go impress some people. I think he's definitely going to be a consistent top five guy. But um, a guy that we're, we haven't spoken about yet, and I think another guy that we, we need to talk about later on in the show, uh, is Cameron McAdoo, who he's got crazy speed. He's loose. He's all over the place sometimes. Uh, he will get in intentionally or non-intentionally get in the way of somebody or get in get in a, a, a battle that he probably has no business uh, um, scrapping over but uh, either way he will get his nose dirty he's uh, like he's and it's so funny with with uh, Cameron because he, he looks like such a nice kid um, 
he makes some really questionable moves out there uh, with his motorcycle, and then uh, it's almost like two like his competitors have a hard time being mad at him because he's just such a goofball the way he's all over the place. But uh, but he's also got speed. Can, do you think he can harness that? He's got he's 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 working with with uh, with Nick Way. Maybe that calms him down a little bit. Maybe uh, similar to how uh, Nick was able to do the same thing with AC over the years, or uh, um, or is is Cameron McAdoo going to be a very fast but very sharp thorn in the side of anyone trying to make a legit uh, effort at this championship? Well, I think his second year on that bike. Um working with that help. team in general, working with, you know, Mitch, working with Nick Way, I think that is definitely going to help him considerably. Um, can he win a race? Yeah, I think he probably can, and he probably will. But will he be a consistent um, podium guy? No. Um, I hope I'm wrong because I really do like him. You know, he's a he's an Iowa guy, so he's a Midwest guy. I root mm. for him, of course. Um, I just uh, I haven't seen enough out of him in the last, you know, I guess in the 2020 race season to make me think that, you know, he could be a, a title threat. Yeah, a very quiet outdoors from him uh, kind of dispelled any of the hype that had uh, kind of rose up during last year's uh, West series, which we don't remember a lot about that series because um, it, it, like, there was such a giant break between when it started to when it eventually finished, and you get Dylan Ferrandez who wins it, but also McElrath was was battling in there as well and whatnot. Uh, so that that like it's so easy to forget how things went with the 2020 uh, Supercross Championship. Um, and same thing uh, goes with uh, a, a guy who raced on the East last year, who's going to be on the West this year. The 48 machine of Garrett Marchbanks. He's on a privateer Yamaha. Uh, I didn't say privateer. He's on the Club uh, Club MX team Yamaha. They've been running that team for a lot of years. Uh, it was, I believe it was originally Redemption Racing that raced in Canada for the longest time. They were a Hoosier Tire team for the for the longest time as well. Um, now they seem to have really dialed in that effort. If you ask anybody that's down at Club MX, I'm sure they're not biased, but they absolutely love the way March Banks is riding. He won Daytona last year. He's my dark horse, like, if he stays healthy, might be uh, one of the guys who's, like, really putting the boots to guys like um, like Hunter Lawrence, guys like Carson Mumford, guys like uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Harrison. But equally as, as uh, like, so with guys like Jared Fry and, um, like, a few of the other factory dudes that, uh, like, they should be, for all intents and purposes, they should be beating uh, March Banks on a regular basis. I think he's going to find himself ahead of those guys more often than not. And uh, that's going to stick in the, uh, in the craw of, of some team managers that are paying out some big salaries. Yeah, I... I have big hopes for him. Um, you know, I don't Utah's know anything finest. about the equipment. <laughs> I don't know much about the uh, the you know the, the hardware that he's working with right now, as far as the equipment. Um, I think outdoor wise, if he's you know not outdoors, but you know with the outdoorsy tracks, I think that will lend him a little bit of an advantage. Um, 
I, I don't know, you know, as far as who's doing their engines or anything like that, what kind of power they're putting out, but um, I could see him, and I guess I do agree with your dark horse pick on, on him. Um, he has shown a lot more um, consistency maybe than some of the other guys that say, you know, pick, you know, there's probably eight out of the top 12 guys that you just, you know, could either be a, a, a eighth place or a 22nd place, you know, any, any given time in the week. So. Hey, it, it'll be really, really interesting to see. Um, let's, uh, let, let, like, we don't get too far into this without talking about a guy like Carson Mumford two years ago, maybe three years ago already. Now, if you talked about Carson Mumford, uh, within the amateur ranks, you're like, watch out for this kid. He's coming. He's, uh, number 22 on either a, a factory back Kawasaki or he's on the Amsoil, um, like the Geico Honda team. Good rides last year, not great rides last year. That's why he's number 39. Uh, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, almost all of those results were like the were attained through outdoors, not Supercross. So like we haven't seen him race a Supercross yet, to my knowledge. I'm fairly certain that they, they held him out for Supercross. He turned he, he raced the final rounds of the outdoors in 2019, raced all of the outdoors in 20, 2020, and now 2021, no Supercross expense, no factory backing, um, but he's got a, a really dialed-in program with the guys over at FXR, Chaparral, Chaparral Honda, with, uh, with Michael Lindsay. Uh, another guy who like can really throw himself into the mix. And that's why I think this class from fifth to 15th is going to be put in a blender every single weekend. Like there's, there's just so many guys we can talk about that have the kind of speed that might be able to move themselves up in, within the rankings. Like where we haven't even gotten to guys like Chris Bloth, uh, Kyle Peters, uh, and, and we and uh, or or even Styles Robertson, like we literally even have haven't talked about the Husky uh, the, the the factory team for Husky yet. Yeah, there's. I mean, like we were talking before the show that there's 30 guys with national numbers, so yeah. it it is a quote unquote packed field. I don't see a lot of guys showing up in their their vans or their pickups. Or, you know, they're going to be getting into the night show. Um, or the main events even for that matter. So, um, again, yeah, you're right. That fifth through 15th, I mean, just roll the dice. I mean, it could be any one of those guys. Um, I see a lot of names that look familiar, but I also see a lot of names that I couldn't tell you, you know, one, you know, I couldn't tell you any of their best finishes. So, um, which is fair. Like uh, I, I mentioned, a guy like Car- uh, Car- Carson Mumford, but like Jalex Swole, ha- we haven't seen what's inside yet from suit for Supercross. We still have like uh, Styles Robertson made his pro debut last year in the outdoors. Uh, had some injuries, had a concussion. Uh, he was going to come on the Big MX Radio podcast, but uh, still wasn't feeling up to it as far as his concussion symptoms are are, are uh, considered. Um, both those guys will be looked to to be consistent top ten guys. By but if no no ifs ands or buts, they're two factory dudes. You know, in the two fifty class, you got to be top ten, uh, and they're going to see a lot of resistance from guys like Jared Fry, like literally, uh, and um, uh, Nate Thrasher, and two rookies 
from the the Star Racing Yamaha team who have four guys on this coast. That's that's almost half of the top ten right there uh, of guys who are rolling onto the line with no expectation than to be top ten or better. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're totally right with that. Um, again, I'm I'm sitting here looking down through this entry list and I'm just almost in awe. Um, but there is a lot of unknowns. Um, there are you know, absolutely with, no. With I the agree. factory teams, you know, you have Julie Swole. Um, you know, didn't he race last year in Supercross? He had ter- he had a um, terrible. He went like uh, twelve. Nine, nine, twelve, six. And I think his high water mark was a six last year, and then he got hurt. Yeah, he didn't so, race outdoors. I don't think. So we've you, you've got him, and um, let's see. Like Jace Owen, he's won Supercross, uh, or he's won won Arena Cross, Arena Cross Championship. Same thing with Kyle Peters. Now it doesn't really hold the same amount of weight as it did when Bowers won a bunch, or when Lange won a yeah. bunch, or even when uh, Buddy Antonez was was killing in Arena Cross. But that's still race winning potential in in pro racing. I, I think there's something that that sticks to that. Uh, Ty Masterpool, who like. Coming up through the amateurs, extremely fast, extremely talented. He now finds himself on uh, on a KTM. Him and his brother, actually, Jake Masterpool and Ty Masterpool, racing arena uh, racing Supercross for the very first time. Uh, they're complete wild cards. I like completely reserve judgment on these guys yet. I have no idea what I'm to expect of them, but they're both very capable guys. I know I know uh, Jake's a much taller bigger uh, athlete on a 250F. I scratched my head a little bit looking at that, but um, like all these guys are going to be people that you're going to have to contend with. Like Nick Gaines, he's, he'll, he almost seems like a bubble guy, even though last year um, he was, he was knocked down top 15 finishes. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here looking, was he on the 3D team last year? I can't remember. He was. He was. He's, he's okay. been with those guys for a couple of years now. Okay. He's strong finishes. Um, he was like very much like a uh, uh, a Carson Mumford, like a not the the top guy from pro, uh, the, uh, the the team Green Kids growing up, but he was one of them and had a lot of success. Um, and honestly, same can be said about Jordan Bailey, who's showing up on a, on a privateer Yamaha from Orlando, Florida, hometown boy. Maybe he'll have uh, a little bit of an uptick in his, uh, um, in his results uh, riding in front of a few of his hometown crowd. Yeah, I didn't see enough out of him last year. I mean, what was it? Mm-hmm. He was on the the factory husky team last year, and yes. I think he's just he's one of those kids that had that stellar amateur career that's just not going to be able to to roll it over into a professional ranks. And yeah, um, he, I'm not putting a lot of you know faith in him. I could see him being a you know an LCQ you know a weekly LCQ guy. You'll um, be on the bubble the for sure. Of, yeah, just with the amount of guys that's ahead of him, you know, potentially ahead of him. That, uh, uh, well, Carson Brown, you know, there was one mm-hmm. name that you mentioned. Um, you know, he's got at least a, a decent bike. I don't know much about that team, um, but I mean, he's on the Husky, so he's automatically got a little bit of a power advantage, I guess. Um, 
They're... That team is they have to be setting some sort of world record for furthest distance traveled for the first round. Riding with with Martin Costello as well. <laughs> uh, that team, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, hails from either Oregon or Washington State, and they're tripping all the way down to Orlando. Like, I, I have no idea what. Like, obviously, all of the races are on the West Coast, but. Uh, these West Coast teams that have stayed West Coast, even though they're very East, like uh, I'm fairly certain that um, that Phoenix Racing was supposed to race on the East Coast, and they just they stayed East or at least Second Coast. But like teams like the AJE um, Gas Gas team, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, the JMC Motorsports, like those guys are are having like their trip. Like that, as well as uh, Cody Shock and the uh, the Chaparral Honda team, like those guys are are traveling great distances to uh, to race this series. Pretty crazy to see. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it is absolutely insane. And it's just you know we we got to give it up to the AMA for being able to put these races together. I mean, okay. you know, Jordan Bailey's top sponsor like, is Jordan Bailey, by the way. That's yeah, not I see sign. that. Yeah, that's not a good sign at all. But I mean, you know, they're they're doing what they can to get these races in. So you know, having to have yeah. majority of them on the East Coast, I mean, it just it is what it is. So um, we could be sitting at home wishing we were watching Supercross instead of actually watching it. Yeah, no, you know what? Like, uh, I think uh, not not to point any fingers, but uh, like. Um, not 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 gonna like hide from it either. Your 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 country didn't exactly do the greatest job uh, keeping this thing uh, on two wheels. Like uh, I I feel like uh, like like the way certain states have handled this uh, this pandemic, it's almost been uh, the the same way uh, Cameron McAdoo approaches Supercross. Lots of reckless abandon going on, uh, and that's why we're still dealing with this garbage uh, a year later. But uh, I'm glad that we still have Supercrosses to watch. Period. I was talking with uh, Robbie Wageman, who he can't, he comes from California, where he can't go sit in a restaurant and have a meal, um, or even go visit his family. To then flies to, or he drives across the nation to go to Florida, and then he's sitting in a restaurant with his mask off. Uh, a lot of inconsistency uh, going on with certain restrictions, and I, it, it's just uh, it makes this podcaster laugh. Yeah, it's it's you not know, to get too political state, here. Yeah, state by states running their own um, basically regulations on this stuff, and you know it is what it is. Our our Fair governor enough, yeah. has taken away the mask mandate, but all the um, local city mayors are keeping the mask mandate on so the governor's saying one thing and then city officials are saying something completely different so it's Perfect. uh definitely kind of a shit show right now what about and like we're in case okay, so we got to talk about uh monster energy pro circuit kawasaki uh they have not won a race yet oh wait no did they race uh did they win a no no they didn't I don't think forkner won a race no didn't forkner didn't win a race before he uh he he annihilated himself. They they're not going to win one with Joe Shimoda. Love smoking Joe Shimoda, but I don't think he's capturing a win before the end of the season. I think it's just going to be the the Colt Nichols show uh, from here on out, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because Christian Craig is is uh, his has his mind in a pretzel right now. Um, but um, the 
There's three guys for Pro Circuit on the West Coast. Jordan Smith, he's won races in the past. Uh, he's actually the third race winner uh, in this group, uh, but he's coming off of two years that have been completely plagued by injury. Like, if you go back and you're like, did did, did Jordan Smith ever ride, race for uh, Pro, Pro Circuit Kawasaki? Like, I guarantee he's, he's raced less than five races for that team, which is sad, but that, that's why he's number national number 80. Um, but he has potential to be a disturbance and possibly a factor in this championship. And then a guy that nobody's talking about is, uh, is a kid by the name of Seth Hamaker, who had some injuries at the very end of his uh, amateur, a- amateur uh, career. Uh, kind of stumbled down the stretch of finishing that off. Uh, but he at least showed enough potential with, uh, with the team that they're, they're happy with what he was doing. They're happy with how he was riding. And, uh, they're giving him a chance in Supercross. Uh, I believe he's from, uh, from the, the East Coast. I think he's from like the New York area. Uh, AMA says he's in, from Temecula, California. I doubt that. Um, but uh, I, I think that those like let's talk specifically about the the uh, the team of you got uh, McAdoo as well as Smith and Hamaker. Are those guys going to be able to produce wins for their team and Mitch Payton, or are they are they not going to be able to uh, to be effective? That team is expected to win races and, and chase down championships. That's there's no two bones about that. Yeah, if if Jordan Smith comes in healthy, I think he can challenge for race wins. Yes. Um, as far as for his teammate um, Hemmaker, I was very impressed with him at the uh, Monster Energy Cup, the two or three years that he raced it at his uh, what, Super Mini and then the, uh, whatever the amateur class was. Um, yeah, amateur all-stars good. or whatever. Yeah, but haven't seen enough out of him or know anything about him since then. Um, so no, I do not think that he's a, a potential race winner um, at this time. But uh, yeah, Jordan Smith, if he's if he's healthy, I definitely think he, he can challenge for race wins you know on a on a you know a weekly um, occurrence and i mean he could be one of those you know every other weekend uh podium finishers but it, let's be real i mean his inconsistency over the years is not uh voted very high for his uh or my confidence in him anyway yeah i think it's sort of a wait and see thing with jordan uh he might come out and uh, and, and I, I guarantee at some point he will be fastest qualifier uh but i don't know that you'll be able to say at the end of the night that he is uh is holding the biggest trophy on the podium uh but i think he will also sp- uh, play spoiler a little bit as well um you're a suzuki guy for the most part kind of you also uh, uh collect a a vast array of uh, of Yamaha product as well, um, but wouldn't you be happy to find out that uh, not only is Suzuki kind of back uh, this year, uh, they got two guys racing in the uh, um, in the on the West Coast with the Barex Chaparral uh, EC Star Suzuki team uh, put together by none other than Larry Brooks, Dylan Schwartz who has been uh, 
has been touted as a very uh, highly anticipated amateur. Uh, and same thing with uh, the resurgence of Sean Cantrell, who, like, I love I love uh, a comeback story. Uh, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for more than a couple of years know that uh, I was pretty hard on uh, Sean uh, when he was putting in uh, 18th positions with uh, the TLD KTM team. Um, he seems happy and, and like excited to try and like kind of make a bit of a comeback here. Uh, what are your thoughts on at least having a, a factory Suzuki effort on a 250 team? Uh, with more than one guy uh, on the West Coast, I definitely think it's good for Suzuki. I mean, they need to stay relevant. I mean, if you don't have at least one or two bikes on the track, I mean, nobody's even going to remember who they are. And I, unfortunately, I think that's coming. But um, no, I with those two, um, it's it's another one of those kind of unknowns. But uh, I'm. I'm trying to think which one of these two that I would place as the higher finisher. Um, I think it's got to be Schwartz, uh, given the yeah. fact that he's kind of younger and maybe like more to prove himself. Like I feel like here, here's my take on Sean Cantrell. If Sean Cantrell comes out and gets like an eighth, and it's like I think that would almost be like somewhat like close to like a high water mark for him at, for a career best. I think that's going to give him the confidence to keep pushing and actually make something of this championship and be like one of those factory dudes mixing it up with the uh, Nate Thrashers of the world, uh, mixing it up with Masterpool and Robinson and like those types of guys. If he finds himself uh, on the ground on the first lap uh, and like somewhere in the 18th to 19th spot, uh, I think that's where he stays, and it'll be a, a short return to uh, to Supercross slash Motocross for Sean Cantrell. That's my that's my take. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um, as far as like Daytona or you know any of the more outdoorsy tracks, I think Dylan will will shine there. Uh, I remember watching him at Loretta's last year, and I was very impressed with his his speed, and especially you know on the quote unquote you know underpowered heavy bike. Um, I thought he he was uh the shining star for the suzuki camp by by any means so um i would probably place him you know uh, say at daytona i could see him you know finishing well inside the top 10 um you know don't know what the track is going to be like for atlanta um you know if it's uh the same outdoorsy uh daytona type track i mean i could see him only getting better every weekend yeah, I think it's going to be outdoor style, but it's going to be Georgia clay. So yeah. maybe that turns out to be more like supercross. But I think like the angles and the way the track flows is going to be more outdoors ish, if that makes sense. Like there's there's mm-hmm. some there's some one eighties in there, but there's also one eighties in 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 motocross. Uh, I think that it's going to be sort of. Uh, Probably the closest cross section of the two that we've seen is is when we go to uh, Atlanta, where it's maybe like uh, motocross flow with supercross obstacles. If that makes sense. No, totally, totally. Um, so we've been at this for over forty minutes here uh, on the Big MX Radio podcast. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the analysis. 
Um, give me a top three for this championship. They haven't raced yet, so that's not really a fair question to ask, but I gotta ask it anyway. Uh, Jeremy Martin, Alex Martin, these all these guys are gonna be at the front of the pack on a regular basis, but who do you think is gonna be the champion when the checkered flag flies in Salt Lake City? Uh, Jeremy Martin. Followed by who? So, uh, my top three, I'm gonna say Jeremy Martin, Justin Cooper, and Alex Martin. Couple up Martins at the top. Just like, I don't know why you hate McAdoo. I don't know why you hate Jordan Smith, but that's cool. Uh, but I'm going to agree. Consistencies through through all of them. I mean, yeah, Alex Alex did decent last year on the uh, Suzuki. Um, I think the equipment held him back. Uh, we could say the same for Jeremy Martin. I mean, I think Jeremy would have won the outdoor series last year had he been on the uh, same equipment that Dylan was on. So I agree with um, that. Yeah. So I think both Martin brothers were held back last year by their equipment, and I think uh, this year is, there, you know, at least for Alex, this is, I mean, kind of really, I would think his one of his last years have been able to prove himself. I agree. There's there's only so many years where you can sort of be like kind of one of the guys. Um, but so I'd say my, my championship top three prediction, Jeremy Martin followed by Justin Cooper, and then I'm going to throw Pro Circuit Kawasaki in the mix. I'm going to go Cameron McAdoo, uh, but I think that he's going to be he's going to be uh, the beneficiary of some fortunate results here and there. Uh, a couple of guys, I think, weirdly enough, he's going to be uh, more consistent uh, and have speed more often uh, to get him where he needs to be. So that's my take. Um, before I let you go here uh, and, and just set set you off into the the rest of your uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, let's talk 450s for a second. A uh, couple questions I had for Dave Drakes uh, on his show is um, is um, is Ken Roxon worried about um, Cooper Webb at all? Why or why not? Well, as I had mentioned in our um, first podcast before the season started, um, I talked about Cooper Webb's head games, and I think the closer Cooper Webb gets to the points lead, the more those head games are going to come into play, and I can see Ken Roxon self-destructing and handing it over to Cooper Webb, and uh, it's not what I want to see happen, but I can almost see the writing on the wall. Mm, it's, it's, it's like the... Uh... It's uh, it's not about if and it's when for you. I think the two of them are gonna go toe to toe. I think they're gonna swap uh, race wins until somebody says give. Uh, and I haven't honestly, I haven't seen enough to tell who's really gonna blink. Uh, my next question for you is: uh, Is it panic time for Dylan and the rest of uh, the Tomac faithful? Dylan, of course, being the uh, super fan on Twitter who uh, um, swings from. Uh, uh, Eli Tomac's uh, balls. He's just like he's got like he's calling best like greatest of all time. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, but like fifth and and fourth, I believe third. Well, third in the third in the points and fifth uh, this last weekend in Orlando uh, is not good for uh, uh, repeat champions. Um, is it time to worry for for Eli Tomac? Um, I don't think anybody's worried about Eli Tomac per se. Um, 
I've let Kellen change my my outlook on his season. I expected his season to be as such, and Kellen had sold it as, you know, he's going to come in and just dominate, and he's going to repeat the Supercross championship. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right, and I wish I would have held to my guns and uh, challenged him on that because he's doing exactly what I thought he was going to do. Um, I did hear Mathis say something about that he thought he'd resign for two more years. Um, don't know anything about that at this time, but I I could see him, you know, finishing out his season and riding off into the sunset and you know doing something else with his life. Yeah, he's got a kid now. Um... He's, he's made a ton of money in the sport of motocross and supercross. He's got every title you can win uh, in North America, aside from Canadian championships, which I don't think he wants. Um, yeah, like, it, it's, you know what I mean? He's checked off all the boxes, including making boatloads of money. Not a whole lot left to prove, uh, aside from, you know, doing it again. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he hangs him up. He's he's of that age where uh, they make enough money and it's it becomes more of a chore. Um, and and I think if it if it if if this if, I think if you lose the the lust for it and you're not excited about coming to the races uh, and it becomes more of a chore like that, I, I think it is time to to hang him up. Um, Honestly, like between you and me, I, I think that uh, this championship is certainly going to come down to. Uh, um, I think it's it's a two horse race. I think it's it's moving in the ra- that direction, but in my eyes, it already is there with uh, yeah. the two up front, uh, Roxon and Webb. I think that um, at, at a couple of the rounds of Atlanta's and, and Daytona, Tomac's still going to make some noise, but I think they're going to be uh, just maybe more flashes of brilliance rather than um, outright uh, championship-style rides as he tries to make his way back into this. He's already over a race down. Yeah, but there are still a lot of races that are left that will kind of um, lean more to his side, more to his Mm -hmm. advantage. So I could be wrong. He could just start rattling off win after win after win now and, you know, go into Salt Lake with, you know, either a a minor uh, lead or, you know, that'll be the deciding race. So, uh, it's not it, insurmountable. It's still really unknown, but it's no, that, it's not. The one thing he does, like Tomac, does have on his side is how much talent there is in the class. And if, if say uh, Cooper Webb finds himself on the ground, or Eli, or or Ken Roxon on the ground on the first lap, I don't think either one of them can charge to any any further than fifth at the absolute best. Whereas if you look back ten years ago. Uh, guys would crash like a guy like Ricky Carmichael would go down. And he still he would still win, let alone uh, mm-hmm. be a be a podium guy. So uh, yeah, it's exactly. different times and different different levels of talent. Like now, you get yourself a thirteenth place start. You got to pass five or six guys that have won races, won Supercross oh, races, and that's that's hard for sure. Well, like I said in our first pod, you know he can't get those. E- Eli can't get those. 10th place starts that he's known for and expect to win races he has to get a good start because this field is too deep um, for him to be able to work his way through Um, I I don't know like I I keep 
watching his old races, watching his current races, and he just, to me, does not look as comfortable on that Kawasaki as he ever looked on the Geico Honda. And I think, uh, I think Honda should have done whatever they could have to kept him. And I think he would have had a lot more championships and a lot more race wins than he does currently have if he'd still been on the Honda. Hot take. But yeah, a lot of people forget that he was a, a Geico Honda uh, loyalist and, and one of the few guys that Geico actually uh, took uh, from the amateur, from the, the 250 ranks and, and moved forward for a couple of years there where he did find, find uh, some success and, uh, and certainly challenged for the 2016 championship. Um, this has been awesome. Always a pleasure, uh, Matt, to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm sure uh, after finding out that you work at uh, uh, with with All Balls and that's this that is the other thing, you're gonna have to be uh, like um, moving some uh, some inventory. Uh, people getting the the idea in their ear that they should probably it's that time they're gonna be riding soon, especially if they're from my neck of the woods. Uh, you don't get to ride all winter, uh, but they're, they're going to go ahead and get some all balls or uh, a wrench rabbit kit, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, and giving, your, giving your thoughts. What's up? Yeah, I said I appreciate you having me. I love doing this. I love Absolutely. talking moto. I'll do it any day of the week. Cool, man. Well, that, that being said, this will now officially be a daily podcast. Episodes being released 8 a.m. every day. Um, nice. Matt Weller on the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars. Matt, appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you, sir. Have a good one.